Turn with me in your Bibles to 3rd John, if you would please, the third epistle of John. There's a tiny, tiny book in the New Testament, toward the end of the New Testament. If you went to Revelation, you went too far, just go back. Just two books, 3rd John, Jude, and then Revelation. And uh, we'll be in 3rd John this morning. John is writing his third epistle to a man by the name of Gaius. And um, this epistle, though, will be read, um, well, we probably couldn't count how many times this epistle has been read by someone other than Gaius. We'll read it this morning. Uh, just a short epistle, 14 verses. And um, so although he's wrote, uh, written this to an individual, uh, it will be read aloud in churches since it has been written. <clears throat> I believe it was, <clears throat> excuse me, written to Gaius. <clears throat> because in verse number nine of this epistle, you'll see this. He says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have preeminence among them, receiveth us not. And so John leads us to um, uh, the conclusion that he has tried to write to the church. And there was a man in the church that uh, would not uh, receive his letter or read his letter aloud. And so John uh, writes to Gaius, uh, letting letting Gaius know w- w- a few things we're going to look at here this morning, and then that he is going to come, and um, John's going to set some things in order uh, once he gets here to the church. But it, let's let's begin reading in verse number one this morning. The elder unto the well beloved Gaius, whom I loved uh, in the truth. Behold, or, I'm sorry, beloved. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. In verse number seven, because that for his namesake, they went forth, taking nothing to the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellowshippers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence among them, received us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that they would and casteth them out of the church. In verse number 11, beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. <clears throat> Excuse me this morning. I've got something in my throat. I'm sorry. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. I've had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. I love how he ends this. He says, peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Father, I pray you help us this morning that as we look into this passage of Scripture, Lord, that we would see the way that um, we should behave. We should see something in here that reminds uh, us of Christ and, um, Lord, a good testimony for Christ. 
I pray, Lord, that you would bless uh, this message. I pray that you would use it, Lord. I pray to speak the hearts of your people, encourage us this morning. I ask you this in Jesus' name, amen. I know the, uh, how many of you like waking up one morning and it's 25 and the next morning and it's 55. And so forgive me this morning, I, I, uh, uh, if I'm coughing, I, I think it's the weather. But we find here in, in 3 John, we find uh, three specific people. John in 14 verses, 14 really short verses. We just read this in a matter of just a few moments. You can read through this third epistle of John, but in three, in 14 verses in a very uh, short epistle, we find that John writes of three specific people. I believe this, that you could find these three people probably in any church that you would go to. Uh, you could find three specific people. The first one that we read of is a man by the name of Gaius. The second one that we read of is a man by the name of Diotrephes. And the third one we find in verse number 12, Demetrius. We find all three of these. And these are uh, people that John, the author of this epistle, knows and he's writing uh, about. And I want to look at these three uh, uh, names, these three men. And not a lot in words are written. But John is so precise in what he says and how he says it. We can really see a lot about these three individuals here in the church. John is, John is encouraging and John is, is, is uh, this, this epistle leads us to believe uh, in verse number 14. He says, but I trust I shall shortly see thee. John is, is, is seeking to make a trip. He, he is, he is, He's excited the fact that he's going. And verse number nine tells us that obviously he, is, he has tried to make arrangements or tried to, to uh, uh, get to this church to see the people here, um, but he's been rejected by his letters. Uh, and so John goes around Diotrephes and is writing to Gaius. And we don't know of Gaius's position in the church. And I'll be honest with you, the Bible doesn't tell us what Diotrephes' position is or even, even uh, uh, Demetrius. We don't know what their titles would be. We don't know if they're pastoring or bishops or, or deacons. We don't know what their leadership role is. But we obviously know that these are three important men. Now, I want us to look at the first man that he names as he's writing this in verse number one. He's writing this letter, and he says uh, this letter is to Gaius, this this man, again, we don't know his title. We don't know his position. But John, in a very short amount of time, tells us a lot about this man by the name of Gaius. I want you to see in verse number one, John the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. I want you to just write some things down here. And, and if you would um, help me as we go through these, these men and, and I, want you to, I want you to ask yourself, where would I fit? Where, where would I fit? Who would, if someone were to write a letter, where would I fit in that letter? Would I fit in one of these three, these three men? And if you're a lady here, you say, well, I don't want to fit into one of these three men. Well, the qualities, the characteristics that these three men possess, would they speak of you? And I want to look at that here this, this morning we start in verse number one. John calls, John calls his, this friend, this one that he says, I love in the truth. I, I love John, his way, his tenderness, the way that he's speaking to this man by the name of Gaius. 
I like how he says, whom I love in the truth. There was a connection there. This wasn't John loving him just because Gaius, he knew that he could get his way with Gaius or Gaius was a, 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 a pushover and so John's gonna get his way. He's gonna come in, Diotrephes is resisting him, but he knows because of his friendship with Gaius, he's going to get his way. That's not what this is built upon. The Bible says here that he is the one I love in the truth. I believe this, every, every friendship that's made within the church ought to be a friendship that's made in the truth. And the truth is the word of God. Every friendship that's, that's made ought to be surrounded by the, the word of God and, and, and started because of who Christ is. The Bible says this, that we love God because he first loved us, recognizing how much he loved us, recognizing what God did for us, recognizing what Christ did upon the cross. That ought to then put a desire in us to love others like he loved us. And I believe that's the relationship that you see here in Gaius. This is one that the relationship was started because of the love that Christ had for them. And he says this about Gaius, well-beloved. That is a, a word. We don't necessarily use that word much any, anymore in our vocabulary, well-beloved. But if you really were to study the, the value and the meaning of that word, that describes a person. What a wonderful way to be described as well-beloved, sought after, easy to get along with, someone I desire to spend time with. The reason why he desired to spend time, he was well-beloved, he desired to spend time with Gaius is because Gaius's friendship with him was, was centered around the truth of the gospel. It was centered around this book. And that would mean this, that they had, a, they had a, a, a knowledge of the word of God. They had a love for the word of God. And because of that, their friendship evolved around the truth of the word of God. Every friendship that starts with truth has a, a great potential of ending well. Every relationship that starts with truth has a great potential of ending well. This was one, not because of this relationship was not formed because of a, a, a despising diatrophies or, 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 or a, a critical spirit. This, this relationship was formed because there were two men, John and Gaius, who loved the Lord, who obeyed his word, who centered their lives around truth, and therefore they attracted others that, that lived the same way. I would ask you this morning, would you have the testimony of being well-beloved. Would you have a testimony of being well-beloved? I want you to see secondly in this passage of scripture, in verse number two, he says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. What he is saying there is this, he's looking at Gaius and he's saying, Gaius, I hope that you, you, you uh, excel physically, as much as you have excelled spiritually. What he's doing, I want you to write this down in your heart somewhere. What he is saying is, Gaius, you are spiritually strong. There's something about you that you're spiritually strong. And what he said was this, I hope physically you're as good as you are spiritually. He's complimenting how strong he is spiritually. And he's looking at how, how strong he is spiritually saying, I hope that physically you can be as strong as you are uh, uh, spiritually. 
Now, if that was the truth in some, and I hope this isn't you, but you know, there are some Christians, if they were as strong physically as they were spiritually, they would, uh, they'd be on their sickbed. They, they'd, uh, they'd, really, they'd be making their funeral arrangements. They'd be picking out grave plots because they're not spiritually strong. They're easily offended. They're not grounded in the word of God. The, the smallest thing can disrupt their life. And, and, and what, what John is saying to Gaius, one of the things that I admire about you, one of the things that has caused me to love you in truth, one of the things that I'm complimenting you is this, that spiritually you are strong. Spiritually, you have a heart for the Lord. You're not so easily offended. You are one that I want to compliment you in your walk with the Lord. Are you spiritually strong? Gaius is one that John is pointing out, you know, in every church, every church, you're going to have those that are well-beloved. You're going to have those that are just easy to get along with those that are just spiritually strong. You know, I would submit this to you this morning, church. We all need spiritually strong influences in our life. We need Gaiuses who, who are committed to the word of God, are committed to spiritual health, are committed, committed to the things of God, the gospel, and, and, and what is produced in that is what others are, are attracted to. You know, that's exactly what we as Christians, we ought to live a life where people are attracted to our relationship with God. We ought to live a life where people are attracted to our, our spiritual health. We got to live a life that we're grounded in truth and grounded in the word of God, that someone like a John can come along. I, I see that John, if you, if you would see the last portion of this chapter from verse number nine and verse number 10, you would find this, that John is a little bit discouraged with some things that were going on. John is wanting to get there and he says, I'm writing and, and there's a person there that's not allowing me to come. And he says this, wherefore, in verse number 10, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth. He says, I, I'm gonna remember what he did and I'm gonna remember that he resisted me. This was not something that, that John was, was uh, uh, excited about and happy about. This was something that was heavy on John's heart. But John had a friend, Gaius, who wasn't caught up with all of that. He had someone that had a testimony of prospering spiritually. And I believe this, that as John is writing this, John is attracted to this. You know, John is wanting that because he was very clear to point that out in just a few, uh, 14 verses. He's very specific to point out that Gaius has a health spiritually that all of us ought to long for. I want you to see as well, he says this in verse number three, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. John says, I, I'm not there, but I'm hearing things about you. And, and, and as, as the brethren, whether it be through letter or as it be through maybe some that are visiting and, and, and John is coming across certain people, John is saying this. I want you to, to put this down. Number three, he says, you have a great testimony outwardly. You have a great testimony outwardly. The, he, he says, I've rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I believe this church, every one of us ought to desire to be this man Gaius.
We ought to desire to be well-beloved. We ought to desire to be spiritually strong. And we ought to desire to have a great testimony outwardly. When this man Gaius' name was mentioned, you know what others said about him? This is a well-beloved man. This is a man that is grounded in truth. This is a man that walks in truth. This is a man that, that lives out the truth of the gospel in every decision he makes. And so that would mean this, in every area of John's life, whether it was, whether it was a business area or in church area or his friendship or in his family, every area, John was consistent. His testimony was strong. Wherever you went uh, uh, and you heard of Gaius, you would hear that this man is a man that is to be uh, 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 a friend and, and a man that is, is modeling scripture. And John is complimenting him. And what's happened in Gaius is this, the gospel's changed Gaius. It's changed him in such a way to where every person Gaius deals with sees Christ. And I would ask you that this question, in every area of your life, all those that you deal with, do they see Christ? Does your family see Christ? You know, sometimes we can, and whether jokingly or truthful, we talk about our, our church smile. You know, you could be arguing and fighting in the car all the way to church, but when you get out, everything's got to be happy, Right? Gaius had a reputation that whether he was with his family, whether he was with his friends, whether he was at church, whether he was in the community, wherever, wherever Gaius was, they knew he knew Christ. It changed who he was. Listen, the gospel ought to change who we are. And we don't change because we're trying to get favor with God and work our way to God. We change because we see what God has done for us and how much God loves us. And therefore we want to live because what he's done for us, I want to show others. And that was the life that Gaius is living. The gospel changed him. The gospel, Gaius allowed the gospel to shape him. You know, if we're not careful, Christian, sometimes we can get saved and nothing else changes in our life. We just go on being and doing that we've got salvation. Praise God, if anything ever were to happen with me, I've, I've got eternal life. And that's a wonderful thing. And, that, and that, that we ought to rejoice in, but the gospel gives you eternal life, but the gospel all also shapes the way we live here on this earth. And Gaius here, obviously, as we read, as John explains to Gaius what he hears about him, his, his testimony, you know what we read? We read of a man who has been shaped by the gospel. A man that cares about his testimony. You know why a Christian ought to care about their testimony? Because those around ought to see Christ in you. And if you love Christ and you want Christ to be seen, you care what other people think. I want so badly my children to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I want my children to serve the Lord. I want my children to love the Lord. You know what I realize this as a father? A lot of that's dependent on how much Christ they see in me as they're growing up. I want my wife to have a passion for the Lord, a love for the Lord. You know what I realize? A lot of that has to do with what type of husband I am right now today. 
Gaius had a great testimony outwardly. The gospel changed him. The gospel shaped him. And people are talking. We might not like this, but the reality is this. People are talking about you and they see that you're genuine is what he's saying to Gaius. Now, we don't like people talking about us. I don't, and I wouldn't think anybody here does, but I like it when someone says, hey, I, I heard you're doing a good job. I, I, I like it when someone says, oh, someone told me that I ought to listen to that message. That was a good message. I like it when it's all positive, don't you? Hear what, what John is saying to Gaius. He says, I want you to know that people are talking and what they're saying is they see that you are genuine. That ought to be the desire of every Christian to have a testimony that when people mention your name, what comes next is this, that person is a genuine Christian. I can tell they love the Lord. How can you tell they love the Lord? Because of how they treat people, how they speak, how they live, the, the way the gospel has shaped them and changed them. It seems like this, when I, when I read of who Christ is and I watch how that person lives, I could see the resemblance in that person's life. Oh, I pray today, I pray today that everyone here would love to have this testimony of Gaius being well-beloved, spiritually strong, a great testimony outwardly. I want you to see something else. In verse number five, we go on reading. He says, let, let, me, let me go to verse four. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. He goes on to say, beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren. But it doesn't stop there. Look what else he says, and to strangers. You know what John is complimenting Gaius on? You treat people fairly. Who you are in the church is the same person you are out of the church. The love you have for the brethren is the same love you have for strangers. The love you have for strangers is the same love that you have uh, for the brethren. Your motives, number four, your motives are right. Your motives are right. It's not that you're just coming in trying to, to fool somebody. It's not like you're just trying to come in and be someone that you're not. He said this, beloved, thou dost faithfully where whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to the strangers. You know what he was saying? You are consistent in your walk. You're consistent in how you deal with people. You're not a respecter of persons. You, you, you always are looking to be a blessing and to be faithful. And that word faithful there could be dependable as well. How many of you love dependable people? Right? If, they, if, if, you, uh, if you're looking for someone to come to do work at your house and they tell you that they're going to be there at one o'clock, what time do you expect them there? One o'clock. How many of you like it when they come at 3.30? I'm sorry, I got busy. Well, you said you were going to be here at this time. Dependable. You know what John was saying about Gaius? And he's, I don't know his position or his title, but I would know this. He's involved in the church. We know that he's a Christian. He calls him beloved. This could be anybody sitting here in this auditorium today, you can be a Gaius. Matter of fact, I'll take a next step further. I'll say this, every one of us ought to strive to be a Gaius. 
His motives are right. He's faithful, he's dependable. You, you're always serving. Listen, one of the qualities of the New Testament church that we read through the book of Acts is they were servants. You know what they did? There were so many people getting saved. Realize this, in, in, in this first century Christianity, the gospel was going out and people, they didn't even know what the gospel was. The Gentiles, for sure. The Jews were looking for a Messiah. They rejected Christ as Messiah. But, but the Gentiles, they, they never heard of this thing. Because up until this point, religion was always about what, what you could do to appease a God and, and keep his wrath from you. If you were to study religions throughout the world, what they were constantly doing, they would appease the, the volcano gods. I, I just watched a documentary not long ago about, about tribes in the, in the, uh, uh, that would try to appease the volcano gods and the volcanoes would erupt and it would destroy their villages. And so what they would do is they would literally take their, their children and, and throw their children into the volcano, hoping that would appease the gods. They would take animals and offer these animals these sacrifices by throwing them into this volcano, hoping that it would appease the gods. And for, for so long, from really the, the beginning of, 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 of idolatry and idol worship, man is always trying to do something to find favor with God put themselves through some kind of physical torment or thinking that if they go through enough suffering, then they're going to be loved and going to be accepted. And, and when, when, when Christ was preached, what, when, when the disciples and, and, the, and the Christians went out in all the world and turned the world upside down, what turned the world upside down was they were preaching something opposite than they've ever heard before, that there was a God in heaven that you can't appease him. You can't do anything to, to uh, gain his favor. He did it all by sending his son, Jesus Christ. That it's not you that's needing to make a sacrifice in atonement. It's not you that's trying to get God to find favor through how much suffering you go through. But Jesus Christ went through all the suffering so that you and I could have everlasting life. It's not you and I that have to go to the cross and bear our sins. Jesus Christ took your sin and put them upon himself and he became sin for you. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. Could you imagine that being preached? And that's what's being preached. And this now, because of the gospel, Gaius is saying, I'm gonna love like Christ loved. I'm going to serve others like Christ served others. I'm going to be faithful and dependable because that's who Christ is. I want you to write this down for sake of time. I want to hurry. I want to get this all in today. In verse number six, the Bible says, which have borne witnesses of thy charity before the church. Whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. I want you to write this down, number five. He served the church well. He served well. He, he borne witness of the charity or the love before the church. Listen, God is equipped and God has, has given every single person something, a talent, a gift to serve him. In, in Gaius, is, you, you don't find where 
John, John says, Gaius, you're so wealthy and, and you're giving so much. You don't find where John says you're so smart and you're so intelligent and, and what you're bringing is so much. You don't find where he says, Gaius, you're so good looking and you're so wonderful outwardly. You're bringing such a presence to the church. You don't find him. You don't see here where he says you're, you're such a good pastor and, well, oh boy, your pulpit presence is wonderful and the sermons you're preaching are just so great. You don't find any of that. You don't know. You don't even find anything that, that, that Gaius has that, that you would say, boy, he can do this because of what he has. If I was that good in that or if I was that wealthy or if I was that successful, I could be a Gaius too. No, what you find in Gaius's life is he is just a common person in the church that has a heart for the Lord that's been shaped by the gospel that says this, I don't have much, but whatever I have, I want to be a servant to the church. Do you know what I found? You don't have to have anything to be friendly to people. You have to be rich to be friendly. You don't have to be good looking to be friendly. You don't have to be uh, 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 intelligent and smart. And you don't... The Bible talks about what happens inside of us when we're saved. You know what? We, we, we become like Christ. We have a, a desire to give. We have a desire to serve. I, I get encouraged. I feel sorry for the go, that go to the second service for only one reason. They don't get to walk through the guys that greet us in the first service. I mean, they hand out candy. They hand out a smile. They're friendly. I don't, they've been, they've been at that door for a couple years now, those doors. And, and as I walk through those doors, I've never one time, never one time they pull me aside and grumbled and complained. Now I've grumbled and complained. I, I always go into my office and I pray and review my notes. And I've, I've grumbled and complained walking across that parking lot. Boy, I can't believe Lord, it's snowing on your day. Can you believe this? What kind of God would make it snow on his day? And I'm not caring about that. I'm thinking about the offering and the attendance and all the other stuff, you know? I was walking through this morning and I, and I said, oh man, it is just wet and, and just, oh boy, it's, it's 50 some degrees and people are sick. And I'm, I'm walking across the parking lot this morning, I'm complaining. And I walk up to those doors and they just had a smile on their face. Picking, putting candy out for me and talking about just wonderful things. They weren't handing out $100 bills because they're wealthy. You've seen them. They're not good looking. <laughs> just kidding, guys. <laughs> But you know what? They have a heart to serve. Heart to serve. I can hold this door open and shake your hand and say, good to see you. All over right now, we have teachers. They just have a heart to serve. There's people that'll come early and practice singing and choir that comes early on a Sunday and they'll sing this month's Christmas cantata. There's people right now in the nursery and I don't care how much you love babies. Nursery is 
is not the easiest place to work. We have, we have ladies that'll sit and rock a, rock a crying baby so that their mom can serve or be in the service and be encouraged. Isn't that a wonderful thing to be a part of a church that there's gaises that are willing to serve? You see, you don't have to have talent. You just have at the heart for Christ. And John is commending Gaius here. He says, I hear, I see people are talking. You know what they're doing? They're saying that you serve the church well. Keep going. I, I, I want to say to our church, those that serve, and, and, and I can't even begin to describe all the areas from just just from the grass that gets mowed and and, and, and the snow that gets plowed and all, all the things that take place that allow us to come and worship the Lord, it all gets done by people that are willing to serve. I thank God for you. I praise God for a church where people are willing to be a Gaius. If, if, if we had to pay everyone to do everything around the church, do you realize we couldn't have a church? We, the church isn't the church because the staff does all the work. The church is the church because there's Gaiuses all over this church that are willing to serve, that are willing to invest that are concerned about their testimony. I want you to see this in verse number six. Not only did, did they say we bore witness of the charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. You know what he's saying there? You're discipling or you're sticking with them well. In church, I hope, I hope that our church, the culture of our church is more than just, hey, how are you doing? Good, I'll see you next week. Listen to me here, please. Christians need fellowship. Christians need encouragement. How many of you over the last week or last couple of weeks, you've dealt with something discouraging in your life? How many of you? Boy, all over. You know what he's saying to gays here? I hope that you come along people and you help them with their journey. I hope that, that, that your, your, your love for them that you're serving, I hope that the, the relationships that you're building, they're more than just surface relationships. Listen, I believe this more than anything. We in our church, we need firm, solid relationships that build people up, that encourage people. I get all the time, I can't even count how many times someone will call me and say, I hate to bother you. And I say this, I want you to bother me. Are you kidding me? I want you to call. I want you to talk. I, 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 someone jokingly said this morning, I sent a letter to him and I, I put my card and had a, had a cell number and they said, boy, I can't believe you give your cell number out. I said, well, I don't have to answer it if I give it out. But <laughs> the truth is I want, I, I, I want to encourage our people. I, I want to be involved in our people's life more than just on a Sunday morning. I, I want to cry when our people cry. I want to laugh when they laugh. I want to be involved in their life. Yeah, this is when the church gathers and the church is together and the church meets and what a wonderful, wonderful thing that is. But all week long, we need encouragement. 
All week long, we need someone that's godly. Listen, if you've been saved for a long period of time and you're walking with the Lord and you've seen the Lord work and you can walk along somebody that just got saved or somebody that's, that's young in their faith and you can encourage them and show them the word of God and help them along their way, reach out to somebody and be a Gaius. Reach out to somebody and encourage them. Reach out to somebody and, and help them in their walk with the Lord. Disciple well is what he's saying. He says, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after what a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Gaius is look out for people that they could help on their journey. Are you Gaius? I want to be. And then there's a Diotrephes. Diotrephes, the Bible says, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth them not. Diotrephes loves to be in charge. Diotrephes, his opinion matters and his, own, his only matters. Do you ever know of a Diotrephes? If it doesn't go their way, there's, there, there, there's no grace for anybody else. There, there, there's, no, there's no thought or grace for a young baby Christian. It's just what I want and how I want it. And, and a Gaius is one that I would hope, well, I would love for a church culture here at our church, everyone to be a Gaius, everyone to be someone that's ready to serve, everyone to be someone that's well-beloved, everyone that, 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 that is the same, consistent, dependable. Isn't that a wonderful thing? But no, there's also Diotrephes. Diotrephes, they love to be in charge. They, they love to spread their opinion. Have you, have you ever had someone give you their an opinion in an area that it, you didn't even want to hear their opinion? They're not even involved in it. <laughs> Do you know the color of the lady's bathroom? No, I don't care. Never plan on using it. Been here three years and... Matter of fact, one of the, one of the guys uh, that's in charge of the facilities, he came to me and he says, have you seen the condition of the ladies' bathroom, the handicapped bathroom, the floor? I said, no, I haven't. I don't plan on going in there. Tell me about it. You obviously go in there. Well, he was a guy. I had to help him out with that. It was his job. But no, I, I didn't know what was going on. You know why? Because I don't have to have a say in everything. Well, what color do you want it to be? You know what I said? Ask a few ladies. I'm never going to go in there. You don't, you don't want to know what you don't want to be involved in the color of the floor in the ladies' bathroom. I could care less. If the ladies like it, wonderful. Why do I care? I'll never use it. You get people that always want to diatrophies, always wants to have an opinion and a say in areas they're not even involved in. Critical spirits. He, he, he says this, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes who loved the, to have the preeminence among them received us not. Wherefore, I will, if I will come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, pratting against us with malicious words and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren and forbiddeth them that would and casteth them out of the church. Could you imagine having that as your testimony? If that was my testimony, I'd say, Lord, I think I need to be saved. This Diotrephes, he gossips, he stirs up trouble. He speaks ill of others. 
comes into the house of God, instead of having great motives, instead of being well-beloved, instead of discipling others, instead of encouraging others, instead of using his gifts for the Lord, stirs up trouble. Did you see this? Did you know this? Did you hear this person did this? And can you believe they sang this morning? Always wanting control. Look with me in verse number 10. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth. Pratting against us with malicious words. He's, he's always wanting more. He's always wanting preeminence among them. He's always wanting to be in charge. Also this, this is the testimony of Diotrephes. The, the church is about him and his likes and his preferences and his wants. Listen, all of us know this. Do you realize this in a church's size? There's never going to be a decision that's made that everybody agrees with. Do you know this? There's decisions made that I don't agree with. It's truth. There there are decisions that some people make in leadership in our church. I don't agree with it. But it's not biblical. It's not a doctrinal issue. It's, it's just something, if, if, if I were to want to get involved in the color of the floor in the ladies' restroom, you know what the reality is? I would probably have a different opinion than someone else. But I don't have to be involved. I don't have to have a say. The church is about a Diotrephes. It's about his likes and his preferences and his wants. And you know what happens if Diotrephes doesn't get his way? He starts making people leave making them feel uncomfortable. You know what I like? I like a church where there's a difference of opinions and things. I like a staff that one staff wears, you know, really weird coats and another one wears pajamas. And, you know, I like that. You ought to see your staff meetings. It's awesome. Different taste in things. Listen to me. They all love the Lord. They're sound in their doctrine. They're in God's word. They're, 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 they're living right lives. But there's preferences that we can have an opinion on. And, and in those preferences, we should not take such a hard stand. Never should we come to the place where preferences are doctrine. Because if so, we minimize doctrine. Doctrine is what we stand upon. Doctrine is what we don't waver on. Doctrine, the word of God, the doctrine is what we stand on. Listen to me, I wouldn't let a staff member come in here and preach a salvation any other way through Jesus Christ. I wouldn't let a staff member or a Sunday school teacher, someone come in and teach that, 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 that there's some that are elect, that God saves some and he doesn't want to save others. I'd never, that's doctrine. But if somebody wants to wear a tie and somebody else doesn't want to wear a tie, I don't care. No one's going to hell or heaven based upon what they wear, a tie or no tie. But listen to me, the doctrine, you're, you're going to either receive salvation through Jesus Christ and him only, or you're not. That's, that's truth. We've got to stand upon that. What color a carpet is, a wall is, or how many lights we put up. I, those things, truth is, I don't care. And some of us, neither should we. The church is about him. Gaius, the church is about Christ. In verse number 11, beloved, follow not after that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. The, the, 
the warning here from John is be careful who you follow. Look at their motives. Look at their fruit. Evil or good? What he's saying is this, uh, uh, Gaius, he builds up, he edifies, he encourages. When you leave, you feel like you're ready to conquer the world for Christ. Uh, 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 Diotrephes, when you leave, you feel dirty. You feel like you got to go take a bath. You feel like you just got mud thrown on you. It's break down, beat up, discouraged, criticized. No, John says, Gaius, my well-beloved, you've encouraged me. Our conversations should lead to God. Our, 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 our charity, our, our love ought to give and should lead to God. Our involvement should lead to God. Listen, what I'm saying is this. Everything we do, it ought to point to Christ. That's a Gaius. The atrophies, everything he does points to himself. When the Bible here says that's evil. Choose evil or choose good. And then lastly, there's a last man, and I just mentioned his name. His name is Demetrius. Verse number 12, Demetrius hath good report of all men and of truth itself, yea, and we are also bear record. And ye know that our record is true. You know what he's saying there with Demetrius? Good testimony, a servant, he's faithful. He's an encourager, he's a helper. He shares a mutual bond and that mutual bond is the gospel. And so church this morning, who are you? A Gaius? Diotrephes? A Demetrius? Because the reality is this, who you are is dependent upon our reach we have with the gospel. A church who determines I'm going to be a Gaius is a church when people come in, you know what, they feel welcomed. I, I, was, I was away, I was at a, a church this last couple days in Connecticut and, and I was bragging on a couple, couple people here and, and, and uh, I was bragging, uh, one I was bragging on our nursery and uh, I was bragging on the, 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 the front door, greeters at the front door and, and laughing. I said, I don't, I don't care if it's 35 degrees, they'll wear shorts. I mean, it's a, it's a great place. I mean, you just, you gotta love these guys. I mean, they just, I was bragging on them. And, and, and this, this one pastor said, man, I wish I had people like that. You know, I walked away from that conversation, Tom. I said, thank God I do. Or, or, or not I, thank God we do. Thank God we do. Thank God we have Gaius's in our church. Thank God for our church. Listen, I, I just wanted to take some time as we enter into a very busy season of year to encourage our church to continue to be servants, continue to serve. It, 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 is there going to be things that you can complain about? Yes. I, I, I'll, I'll make a decision and a month later, I'll complain about the decision I made. Who in the world made that decision? And one of the staff said, you did. Oh, I can't believe that. Want next time, tell me not to. We tried. You said that last time. We're all like that. But where's your heart? Let's be a place where people love God. They've been impacted, shaped, and changed because of what the gospel of Christ has done inside of you. And that's what our people see. You know, every week, church, guests come through those doors. Every week we have guests. Every week, God blesses them with guests. What do they see? What do they hear? Do they see and hear 
Agaius? I hope they do. And I hope that you'll determine today that I'm going to be a Gaius 